The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. I'm Bakes, Kevin Baker. I'm going to teach you how to make money in up and down markets. Very few podcasters or coaches cover this. I'll show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses to make you a better investor. So once a week, you're going to know what's going on in the world and the stock market. Welcome to the Stock Market Authority Podcast. Morning, everybody. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker, Stock Market Authority. Great to, uh, to see you all, hear you all. And uh, I, I'm gonna, today we're going to talk about you're wrong, the market's right. I know that sounds harsh, but facts are stubborn things. Uh, the mailbag, we're going to go through and talk about uh, Lexicon Pharmaceuticals, EOG Resources, and SoFi, as I promised to my uh, subscribers. And we're going to go through the Stock Market Authority portfolio, and I'll go through my search for the, pen, the 10 best ETFs to make money this year, like we did last year, up 6% plus when everybody else was down. But right now, today's top story. Uh, Don't fight the tape is my uh, subtitle for this. You're wrong, the market's right. And this stems from what I do for you folks, which is I listen to podcast after podcast after podcast addressing investing for uh, those in my 20, those in, uh, in the stock market, uh, in uh, student-managed investment funds across the board. I watch CNBC. I listen to everybody. I read everything. And there's this pervasive theme that, oh, this is a bubble. Uh, AI is, is driving everything. There's only seven stocks lifting the market up. I'm from Wharton. I've got a spreadsheet. I'm right, and the market's wrong. I, that's very, very tongue-in-cheek. You get it. I've got a lot of great friends from Wharton. But you get the idea. The market is up, and people are not, and they're trailing, and they're coming up with intellectual arguments for why they don't own the winners. And frankly, I'm talking to myself to remind me that the market is always right. It's the umpire, and I'm not going to be Roberto Alomar here. I'm not going to spit on the umpire. So uh, here is the S&P 500 to start us out. And we talked about this on prior shows. I mentioned the, you know, the DMZ, uh, the, the demilitarized zone, where the S&P was trading. Between, this is the SPY, which is the ETF that mirrors the S&P. And it was stuck in this range, frustrating to some, between 418 and, and the 200-day moving average. And people were bemoaning, oh, it's not breaking out. And frankly, I thought it was going to break to the downside too. But we have a clear breakout above 418. It's, under, it's indisputable. If you're on YouTube, please take a look at this. If you're seeing us on Facebook, the volume is okay. I wish it was heavier on the up days, but we live in an imperfect world with imperfect people. And uh, But it's a bull market despite what you me or anyone thinks. And the Fed hikes haven't been felt. And there is no recession. And I know we're supposed to have an inverted yield curve and the Fed's supposed to demolish housing demand and we're supposed to have unemployment spike and we're supposed to have a recession. But no one cares. The market doesn't care about your textbooks and about your feelings and about your analysis and about your dividend discount models. It just doesn't. And I know that's hard to take, which is why I've become so chart-oriented. I went through the 87 crash, and I saw the fundamentalist people 
fundamental people, you know, waive their reports, waive their spreadsheets and their Wharton degrees. Again, I'm bashing Wharton for no good reason. I'm very tongue in cheek. Um, the market doesn't care. So you've got a choice. You could be right with the market or you can fight it. And, you know, it's kind of like the old song, you know, I fought the law and the law won. The market, you fight the market, the market wins every single time. And so the charts are telling me, and again, I get things wrong, but I don't lose a lot of money. Uh, the market is going up and and it is broadening out. And so... I, I want you to be as dispassionate about this as you can. Now, we made a lot of money last year shorting, quote, overvalued stocks. You know, we shorted the Kathy Wood stocks and we shorted the SPACs. And that was one of the main reasons why we were up and the market was down. And so I'm happy to go that way if the market tells me to, but it simply isn't. So I'm going to deal with the market I have rather than the market that I want. We're in a bull market. It's an imperfect bull market, but and the wall of worry is 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 uh, is, is part of this. But we are going north, and and uh, I just here's the chart, and I, I think it's irrefutable in my opinion. Next, we'll go to Nvidia, and this is sort of the the. Uh, lightning rod of these arguments now. Uh, oh, it's gained, you know, $250 million in market cap, and now it's a trillion-dollar market cap company. Who cares? The market doesn't care. That's just math. That's just stock price times shares outstanding is market cap. And because you don't like the fact that it's a trillion-dollar market cap company with a big multiple of revenues, the market doesn't care. And and you could say you could short it, great. You want to sell, you want to buy puts, rock on, have at it. But um, the market doesn't care about your valuation analysis. And uh, you know, the other arguments I've heard, well, we're pulling forward demand, and it's going to come in. You know, we're going to have these shortfalls in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. Uh, I, I just don't see it. So the, uh, I keep coming back to the same things. You had a, a, a skepticism going into the earnings call here at around 300, and the market, it, uh, the company obliterated everybody's expectations for revenues and earnings for the quarter. So if the stock gapped up, the volumes exploded. There's not a lot of short interest here, so it's pretty organic what's going on here. And then we get to this 400 to, to 430 level, and it does exactly what you want stocks to do. You want to see the up volume be there on the you know, increase on the up days, recede on the down days. Yes, I sound like a broken record, but this stuff works. We hit a new high yesterday, much to the consternation of the bears. And I'm not buying Nvidia here. I, I mean, I admit that freely, but I see a, I know a bull market when I see one, and I am. Uh, I'll hearken back to our podcast from two, maybe three weeks ago. This doesn't look like Cisco in 2000, and that's the people that the, the argument that people are pulling off the shelf all the time is, "Oh, I was there in in '99, uh, and this feels eerily reminiscent of that." Well. We're in this, the time when Cisco went from 15 to about 80, somewhere in this NVIDIA chart that you see here. We're not in the rolling over phase. You can't, I don't care how you squint, how you contort, whatever you do, this stock is not rolling over yet. It will. 
at some point in time, and I'll be the first to, to point it out, probably. So this is a bull market. Yep, there's some speculation going on. The valuations are rich. But do you want to be right? Or do you want to make money to quote Ned Davis? So uh, NVIDIA, I think, continues to act very, very well. And I think this AI trend uh, is, uh, is, is early. I don't know what inning, frankly. It's too complicated and, and too soon. But the charts are pretty compelling in my view. So I'm going to pay attention to those. Lastly, Tesla, you know, I, I'll eat my, I take my own medicine. I'm wrong in Tesla, period. And I apologize. Um, you know, this isn't financial advice, and I don't know your personal uh, financial situation, so I certainly don't, don't put out buy recommendations on individual stocks, kind of why I like ETFs, so I can focus on groups that are acting well. Part of my skepticism is I don't see a lot of EV ETFs that confirm what's going on with Tesla. It's kind of its own entity. But clearly here, uh, Tesla has gone through 217. The volume has picked up, not as dramatic as maybe uh, the bulls would like. The relative strength is 91, so it's beating 91% of the markets out there. The 50-day and the 200-day haven't confirmed all this yet, but it looks likely. And I've still got my bear case that I can pull off if the chart tells me to. Uh, Elon Musk is is unpredictable, to put it mildly. He's alienating a lot of a lot of his virtue signaling uh, 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 customers. The uh, ESG movement is is waning. Price cuts are hurting margins. Competition is increasing. We could have a recession, etc., etc., etc. But the market doesn't care. Oh, by the way, what came out of left field was. They have a charging station deal where Ford and uh, uh, GM are adopting their charging standard. They kind of came out of the blue, in my opinion. I didn't hear anybody writing about that. And uh, the stock liked it and and went north. So uh, this is the kind of example where I'm wrong, the market's right, and I'm not going to fight it because it just it's a painful, painful place to be. These trends, when things move against you, they can last way longer than you can stay solvent. And uh, I've seen this movie, and I don't want you to uh, to put uh, I don't want you to star in in, uh, in the next one. Okay, uh, do me a favor, please. Go to my website stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for my free newsletter. And when you do that, you get my how to sell video, which I think is number one, uh, very unique. I don't see anybody else talking about selling and I follow everybody. And, um, it's still very timely, uh, e- even after a year or so. So I know how to sell. I'll teach you how to sell. We're worth subscribing to just for our emphasis on locking in profits and minimizing losses. All right, that's it for the top story. Now it's time to check the mailbag. Incoming! There's a letter in your mailbox. You got mail. <laughs> Uh, and this is, I, I'm having more fun with this, with the show, uh, every passing day because I've got people that come out of the network, uh, out, out of, out of the blue and say, uh, Hey Bakes, great, great job on the pod. And, uh, could you take, could you take a look at this? In this case, John from Philly, uh, welcome. And it's really great to, to reconnect with you via this. And he says, Bake, what do you think about Lexicon Pharmaceuticals? They had a heart failure drug approved. They've got a broad label. Uh, uh, 
they, they just got a deal done. The largest shareholder took down most of it. Uh, I think it's worth 10 bucks a share if, it's, if there's a successful drug launch in the summer. And this is great for a number of reasons. Number one, I get to reconnect with a friend. Uh, number two, I get to talk about health care, which we haven't done that much. And number three, I get to point out that with unprofitable biotech, the charts don't help that much. Why? Because biotech lurches from binary event to binary event. Okay, it goes from phase one. It works. It, the 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 it, the stock is de-risked is the term, and it usually and it moves up. And failures obviously have the the the, the opposite effect. Phase two works, etc. Phase three, great drug gets approved and the launch goes great, and you kind of stair step up. And then with with profitable companies, revenues and earnings, then the charts are helpful. But for for the smaller caps and the unprofitable uh, companies that are burning cash, it's uh, it just doesn't help that much. I mean, there's just limitations to what goes on. Anyway, Lexicon is LXRX is the symbol. The, they got approval for a for um, in PEFA uh, for a heart failure drug on May 26. Stock pops, and this happens all the time. So you got to kind of know uh, uh, you know where the cash levels are and, and what have you. So great news, and then five days later they announce a deal. Here's 125 million dollars in stock. Uh, they they sell raise cash so that they, they can go do the launch and, and continue their R and D and other projects and what have you. So in a way, it snatches defeat from the jaws of victory, but it happens all the time. It's logical. The ducks are quacking, and you feed them. And I would do the same thing, especially if I'm down below two years of cash on the balance sheet. So they've got raised 125 million dollars apparently from uh, people who know the company well, have conviction, are. Are, are friendly to management. Uh, the stock's reversed below the 200-day moving average. Again, it doesn't really matter that much uh, here. So the stock's basically gone from you know three plus to uh, to to two and change. And but John, in this circumstance, it really doesn't bother me. I know you well enough to know that you're probably going out and talking to doctors who treat heart failure and they say, this is a great drug, it's a good label, uh, this patient population is a no-brainer, uh, the, the insurers are going to uh, uh, like this if the price is below whatever competing heart failure treatments are out there, and the launch expectations seem to be pretty low in the uh, sell-side analyst estimates, and this is going to go north. So uh, now we're in the, in, the, in the phase where you get to go out and talk to people and say, hey, are, we, are you prescribing this more than you thought? Is the drug launch going to be successful? Are the revenue numbers too light in analyst models? And are we going to have a profitable biotech pretty soon or a uh, revenue-growing company that is really attractive to the big pharmaceuticals who need new drugs with, with some sizzle? So, uh, John, I think you're okay here. Uh, we'll watch the launch, and uh, I think this is going to be uh, be very interesting. Again, I would be more concerned about the chart if it weren't for all the dynamics that I just mentioned and the unique characteristics of unprofitable cash-burning biotech. So I hope that's helpful. 
Please keep coming with uh, with more, and I uh, look forward to seeing you if I'm in Philly. And when you're in Boston, please text me, and we'll get together. Uh, Van from Houston, Professor Van Levy, can you do a technical workup on EOG? And this is interesting because they sent this to me. Van teaches an MBA course, and, and the team wrote a very, very compelling, comprehensive, look at the thickness of this, uh, fundamental workup on EOG. And... Uh, it's also nuanced appropriately, in my view, where they acknowledge that the commodity prices are lousy, the stock is down, it's uh, a decent entry point to accumulate over time, and the free cash flow characteristics, even at low prices, are probably what makes EOG and the management team, the the one of the main E&P, exploration and production companies that come off the shelf first when oil starts to get out of the 60s, into the 70s, into the 80s. So I think it's really great work. Uh, I appreciate it. And I mentioned this before, and I want to bring this up again. Uh, and I don't know if my sell side friends have done this in the past, but I, especially with commodity related companies, you know, have all the work done, the fundamental work, and then be ready to pounce, go to the research director or the professor or, you know, whoever it is, the portfolio manager and say, this is a buy now. And I've done all this work. And then he's going to do, even if he says he's not a technical analyst, the first thing anybody does is they go look at the chart. And if the chart is ugly, they say nothing's going on here, and I'll, I'll see you when, when uh, energy starts to go up. So uh, I give you that as an option. I think your accumulate uh, on dips, I think that's a word you used, is appropriate. Uh, my sell discipline would have kicked in at 120 plus. You see these arrows here. And, uh, you know, here we are at 110. So I think it's dead money until oil in particular, because this is now more oil than natural gas focused. And if you see it perk towards 120, especially if the volume picks up, especially if it anticipates higher oil prices, which frankly... I thought would be happening because the debt ceiling deal was over and I thought they'd be feeling, filling the SPR. That coupled with the Saudis uh, cutting production, I thought would give you more of a, a pickup in oil prices. And again, the market's right. I'm wrong, but I'm not going to lose money with my opinion. I'm going to wait for the charts to tell me this is the time to pull this wonderful report off the shelf, make it a buy, and, uh, and back up the truck. We're not there yet. I think you know that. And I will uh, let you know when I see the time that I would put the buy recommendation, update the stock price, and, and maybe the target, and, uh, and be ready to rock and roll. So uh, I hope that's helpful. Let me know if it is or isn't. And I can't wait to uh, see you live and maybe talk to the class uh, via Zoom or some other mechanism at some point down the road. I think that'd be a great time. Uh, Roger from Van's class asked about SoFi. Nothing to do with uh, energy, of course. Um, and we've talked about this in the past. This is a SPAC that went the way SPACs did, uh, a lot of uh, excessive enthusiasm, missed numbers, and, and, and here it's come down. Uh, so far, you probably see their ads all over the place. It's sort of a uh, uh, neo-bank, if you will, 
uh, a more robust platform than the Robin Hoods of the world. We, but here's my point. Uh, yeah, I'm positive on this. It broke above 824 the way you want to. See the line that I drew here. The volume picks up, and uh, on the down days, the, the volume recedes. It's exactly what I want to see. Now, and I'll go into this a little bit when I, when I talk about how to interview CEOs with, with new back-to-basics basics that are coming up pretty soon. But you always want to know what's important and what are the percentages of the businesses that uh, are attached to, for example, crypto. Is that a profitable part of the business? Is it growing? Is it a meaningful percentage that will move the needle? Is stock trading picking up? given it's a bull market. Is that profitable? Are they gaining share? Uh, uh, you know, how big is the bank? Is, is, is credit quality uh, deteriorating badly? Is it de minimis to the whole picture? Is it 3% of revenues? And it doesn't really matter what's going on there. These are all questions that I don't know because I haven't done the in-depth fundamental work, but these are the kind of things I want you to think about. So when you when around 824 and low volume, I think this looks great. If you, I think you're going to build a base here. And then I like the fact that the last earnings report is what pro- propelled this stock up. If the next one starts to do it, you might be on to something. Uh, uh, Noto, the CEO, is a class act from what I understand. And um, uh, so, so far I'm positive, and I like to be more positive on, uh, on the stocks that you bring to me. So, uh, uh, and again, come back at me, Roger, or the class with feedback that you think I can be, uh, that will be helpful to me. Uh, that's it for the mailbag this week. If you want to write into the show with any questions or comments, please email me, bakes at stockmarketauthority.com. Even better, leave me a voice memo, and we can play your question on the show. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Stock Market Authority portfolio, and I'll give you this week's Bakes Takes. You're listening to Stock Market Authority. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Do you want to become a better investor? Do you want to learn how to make money in both up and down markets? Then you need to go to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. Stock Market Authority is run by award-winning investment manager Kevin Bakes Baker. His aim is to save you time while teaching you how to be a better investor. Bakes saves you time by diving into all the latest stock market news and information so that you don't have to. He reads all the latest articles, analyzes the charts, and listens to all the relevant podcasts. And then once a week, he gives you a breakdown of what's happening in the market. Stock Market Authority is constantly outperforming the S&P and the HFRX. Bakes is going to share with you his weekly stock observations. He'll give you concise insights and show you how to lock in profits and minimize losses. Stock Market Authority is making money in up and down markets. Wouldn't you like to do the same? So join now and let Bakes show you how. Head on over to stockmarketauthority.com and sign up for our free newsletter today. That's stockmarketauthority.com, making money in up and down markets. We're back. Today we're talking about don't fight the tape. You're wrong. The market's right. And we're going to go to, but now it's time for the Stock Market Authority Portfolio. Uh, we own eight names right now, and uh, we're up since inception. We're up every year thus far. Uh, we're more than 2.37 times what the hedge funds have done, we've, and we make money every year. So, so far, so good. Right now, as we talked about last week, we're 10% uranium. URNJ is the Sprott Junior Uranium Miners uh, ETF. 
And uh, I won't go into all that again, but I really think that these are uh, – it took 11 years to get to this point, Fukushima and, and uranium going out of favor – supplies and and production dwindling now the the spot price has perked up from 18 to to uh, 55 or so and the junior miners are really starting to come off the mat and i think eventually the sprot urnm the the uh, larger uh, uranium miners i mentioned this to tim rotolo who founded that uh is is uh perking up as well so stay tuned here for uranium and i know a lot of that uh, is of interest to you we're 10 percent in argentina it's our biggest winner argt and if you had told me that uh you know when we bought it i say yeah but it, it, it is uh argentina is bullish and working we're up 22 percent plus uh and we're 50 percent in ai cybersecurity. Mean machine learning, robotics, and uh, the charts are just uh, confirming what N- NVIDIA has led with, that this is a, uh, a theme and a new area of technology that is gaining acceptance. After being worked on, as a recent interview with the Google CEO pointed out, this has been 10 plus years in the making. I mean, you can go back much further than that for the the uh, genesis of AI. Uh, but we are, um, uh, you know, this trend is, is for real. Yes, there's going to be excesses. Yes, valuations are going to be tough. But overall, these charts and stocks are showing uh, uh, great relative strength and great patterns and accumulation that uh, I think the, the portfolio managers that are more traditional certainly more traditional than me, are going to have to buy uh, or they're going to get fired, frankly. With 10% in Mexico, frankly, it's not working that great. And uh, uh, I'm looking at that versus all the new opportunities that are presented to me. And we're 20% in cash. And I'm going to be honest, we're down this year, uh, uh, 13, the market's up 14. I don't like that at all, to put it mildly. My cell discipline is good, but it is imperfect. And so when we got out and sold the Kathy Wood uh, stocks that we were short, you know, betting on the decline, and, and it worked, and the SPACs, uh, the timing was, was not perfect to then become more enthusiastic about the NVIDIAs of the world and what have you. So uh, we're still fighting. There's still six months. I like our since inception numbers three years now, and um, uh, we will keep you alerted. I'll keep you alerted uh, as I go through recent improvements that I find. I'll let you know in my newsletter. Please look at my TikToks and my my Instagram and what have you, my social media posts, and uh, please subscribe follow and uh, and share and i'm gonna go um and that's how we're invested uh june 21st which i can't believe how much this is flying by let's get into this week's bakes takes uh and my takes here are, are, are several my first one is uh global x nigeria and uh, uh, Joe, I'll talk to you offline about that. I got a fellow that works at Global X that that's uh, very helpful. Uh, take a look at this, and this is a multi-year downtrend line that uh, has been broken very decisively. And look at the volume here at the lower right, and look at that base, and look at that breakout that's occurring with these arrows I've drawn. Uh, 
And there's fundamentals to back this up. Nigerian stocks jumped to 15-year high after the central bank is ousted. The traders are betting on devaluation of the currency. Investors are positive on new Nigerian president's policy steps. So uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of work here. Uh, it's in my Google alerts, which I always put in when I'm lo- researching something. There's a lot of uh, chaff, but there's also some wheat. And uh, But I, I miss things, and I want you to come to me and say, hey, I saw this about Nigeria. It refutes your thesis or it bolsters your thesis, and this is will make this a team sport and uh, hopefully all make money together. So I have not pulled the trigger on this. Yes, uh, uh, my self-discipline made me get out of this, but it also frees me. I don't have any intellectual baggage or emotional baggage, I can turn on a dime after a month or two and say, let's go, Nigeria's going north. And you can see if it retraces any amount of this, there's significant money to be made in Nigeria and no traditional money manager or frankly, no other podcast you talk to is going to alert you to that. Again, URNM, the Sprott Uranium uh, Miners Index, uh, ETF, we are looking at that very closely. Uh, Cameco is the number one name there, CCJ. That is acting really, really well. The spot price is acting well. And it's just a question of uh, what looks best, how much uranium we, we, we want to own. And again, we want to get right with the market and not fight it. And uh, I'm very encouraged about that. Again, please send me anything you see. And uh, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. I wrote this uh, last night. And it is, it's, and I said GBTC is close, and it's even closer today as I was uh, watching the, the screen uh, prior to doing the show. The uh, uh, BlackRock is filed for a uh, spot Bitcoin ETF. Why is that important? Because BlackRock has more money than God and has lobbyists and friends in Washington and a, a legal team that I'm sure is, is impressive. And my, what's being talked about by trillions, the Bloomberg ETF, which is also fantastic, uh, that Grayscale may win their suit against the SEC. There's no reason why there's a futures Bitcoin ETF and not a spot Bitcoin ETF. Thus, we should be able to convert Grayscale to a traditional ETF, and BlackRock wants to be the first in line to pile onto that, and there's talk that Fidelity is launching a Bitcoin ETF. So if you have good housekeeping seals of approval from BlackRock and Fidelity, and it becomes mainstream to own Bitcoin as an asset class, and it's easy, that's built-in buying demand for Bitcoin. Grayscale trades at a discount to net asset value, so this could be substantial. So you keep your eyes peeled. I sure will. Uh, I'm also uh, in the future, uh, uh, back to basics, I'm going to go through my interview sheet that came together from my scars working in the business and interviewing thousands of CEOs and CFOs, uh, sometimes beside Eddie Antoyan, who was really good at this, Foster Freeze, may he rest in peace, who was really good at this, and we'll go through how to analyze a company if you're in the speed dating of going to analyst conferences and spending half an hour with the uh, the CEO and trying to get to the bottom of what really makes stocks work. 
Um, so I'm excited about that. Stay tuned, and I want your feedback. Uh, I hope on a completely different topic. Uh, here are my wonderful boys. I hope to the dads out there, I hope you had half the Father's Day that I did. Uh, Dad, I love you very much. We got together on Saturday. It's tough to get the boys from Virginia, Manhattan, and all the crazy schedules together. So I'm thrilled we did that. Uh, We're blessed beyond words. And uh, we went out fishing with Captain Greg Katz. Cassie to me. Captain to you. I don't know. He's a pretty friendly guy. Uh, Line drive charters in Marblehead. Uh, This is a shameless free plug. Uh, 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 This is sincere. It was a great time. We got into a tremendous number of stripers off of Marblehead where I got married, Sue's hometown, and um, just a great time. Click on the link below. Line drive charters. Captain Greg Katz. Catsy, uh, wonderful time, uh, filleted one keeper on the dock. We had dinner that night, uh, absolutely delicious and a fabulous time and a memory that I will not let fade any time soon. So thank you for that personal note on this business podcast. And those are my big takes for the week. As we close out today's show, I always like to end with some much-needed levity. And this is Brett Ernst, America Walks Into a Club uh, every stereotype you can think about, every country is, is here, but it's funny. Mom, dad, language is, is, is fairly clean, okay, and I think you'll enjoy it. About six, seven minutes, and it's funny, funny, funny. Please go to my website, stockmarketauthority.com. Sign up for my free newsletter, and I hope you have a fabulous week. It's good to be alive in America. It's great to be dad to Bobby and Jack. I'll see you next week. God bless. Bye now. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.